Now in its third year, it's a yank on the footy with Craig Wessels talking about the greatest game on the face of the earth. Sit back and enjoy, everybody. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 159 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels coming to you from snowy Sandusky, Ohio. Yes, it is April the 18th. We're smack dab in the middle of spring, and we've got a few inches of snow on the ground because Mother Nature, well, her vocab word of the day is vindictive. So uh, hopefully it's going to melt because I've got a pretty significant drive I'm going to be taking tomorrow. I'm glad that you're listening. So before I dive into the episode, I did want to uh, give a shout out to a fellow sports broadcaster here in North America, that being Mick Aussie. And Mick is a mad crow supporter who lives in Canada. He's been based in Canada since 1998, was a pretty darn good footy player in his own right in the Sandful. And uh, he does a sports comedy program each week, along with appearing every week on Sports Grid on uh, television as well as on YouTube uh, with Gabe Morenci talking about the NFL, talking about the AFL. And Mick's been a great friend of the podcast. And if you're a footy fan or you're an NFL fan or uh, a fan of sports here in the U.S. or North America, you're definitely going to want to check out mickaussie.tv. That's M-Y-K-A-U-S-S-I-E.tv. A lot of laughs from an extraordinarily passionate sports fan. And uh, it's uh, it's been great getting to know Mick over the last year and a half or so. Just a lot of insight about the game, and, and he's been a, a huge help to the uh, the podcast as well in terms of guiding me into the direction with several of the guests that I've had on, including him. So round five is in the books, and uh, I got to tell you, folks, I'm a little, uh, well, the last game we're going to talk about, of course, is the game that uh, the Easter Monday game, and as you know, I'm a cat supporter, so that that right there already has me a little, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Frustrated. But away from that actual game, you know, I keep telling people, and, and deep down I believe this, but it's something that I'm, I'm worried about what is happening with uh, regards to footy. And I've noticed many people on social media here in just the last uh 12 to 24 hours discussing this as well, that there's this concern, and it's certainly a legitimate concern, about the direction that the game is going, okay? For those of you who have been listening for a while, you know I fell in love with this game a little over six years ago, and it has occupied almost all of my sports viewing. I mean, I still, again, watch the Cleveland Browns play football. I like to watch Ohio State when I get the chance, and I like watching the, the United States Naval Academy football team play. But beyond that, I don't watch a lot of sports. Basketball, I don't keep up with. I've never been a hockey fan. You know, I did watch uh, Ash Barty play a little bit of tennis at Wimbledon, so you did convince me to check a little bit about that. And, uh, of course, now she has stepped away from, from her game as well. But I walked away from a game that I've loved for a half century, Okay that being Major League Baseball. And I did that because I was disgusted by what I have seen the game turning into. And if you are a baseball fan at all, if you're here in the U.S., you probably follow baseball a little bit. Uh, 
there are just things that have been done that that have driven me away from this game that I love. One of them being the TV contract situation that's going on right now because the uh, the company that is broadcasting most of the local sports uh, clubs around the country has really marginalized or limited their accessibility to the game. And it's, it's, it's frustrating. So, I mean, I haven't watched a major league baseball game in over two years. I'll, I'll look at scores. I'll look at, you know, to see how the, the Cleveland guardians have done. Cause I grew up an Indians fan. They're now the Cleveland guardians. That's a whole nother story. I don't mind the, the name change. I, I understand why it happened. That's not what drove me away from the game. The fact that, that Major League Baseball still does not have a salary cap, which I know I've talked about this before, uh, was one of the reasons. And I'm going to get to my point with regards to footy here because there's something going on in footy, which I'm afraid is going to drive away some longtime diehard footy fans. And we're going to get into that in a moment here. But we saw it happening this weekend. And quite frankly, well, I'll just give you a hint. I'm up in arms about it. I don't know any other way to describe it. You know, you, I don't, I'm not on camera right now, but I've got my hands up in the air right now. Like I just don't care, but I do care. That's the damn problem here. But baseball real quickly, you had a situation back in 2018 when one of the team that won the championship, the world series cheated. They got, they got caught cheating. They literally cheated their way to a championship game or to the championship. And the players who were involved in that cheating faced very little punishment. I think they should have been banished from the game. Hey, if I'm going to get kicked off of Facebook because I use the word punch in a post, and still I have no idea if that's actually what ended up happening because I've had no feedback from Facebook at all. I do have my um, new account open over there. I've now uh, set up uh, the podcast page over there as well at uh, facebook.com slash a yank of the footy podcast. So if you want to follow the podcast on Facebook, you can certainly do that there. But I think these players that that did this cheating that, that went on for the entire season that gave them an extraordinarily unfair advantage, I think they should have been kicked out of the game to never play it again. These dozen or so players are going to have the opportunity and are having the opportunity to go out and still earn tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of dollars playing this game, having cheated their way to a championship. And quite frankly, I think these sons of bitches should have been kicked out of the game forever. You have to go find a job at Macca's, have to go find a job doing something else because they cheated. Okay. That, that was really the last straw with me for baseball. So I, I, I thank God every day that I found footy. Because I don't know what I'd be doing with my time right now with baseball being what it is. And, of course, then they're they're also changing the rules beginning next year uh, where you can only move the defensive players in certain directions. That you can't, you can't pre-position your defensive players in a location that is going to uh, give you an advantage defensively to, to stop the ball that they may hit. So it's rewarding hitters that can't hit the ball all over the field. But enough about baseball. You can go back and listen to my discussion earlier uh, in the last six months or so about this. But what I wanted to talk about today was this whole thing about umpire abuse. And and I understand that there's is a this crisis, if you will, in terms of getting umpires uh, at the lower levels. And and I don't. Th- I, I and again, I'm not. I'm not advocating for 
getting in the face of an umpire and screaming them, screaming at them or anything like that. That, that certainly would warrant the wrath of the yellow shirts, if you will, or the neon shirts, if you will, depending upon which shirt they're happening to be wearing that game. But simply challenging them, asking them a question, raising your hands above waist level because you're trying, you're incredulous. You don't know why they made a decision that they made. I'm sorry, AFL, but if, if that's the shit that you're going to do, if you're going to do that, the stuff that drove me away from baseball is going to start driving 50-year footy fans away from the game that they love if this shit continues. And this is it's ridiculous that this is going on. I watched it happen a couple times in the, the Cats-Hawks game last night on both sides. And I was, I was discussing things with uh, uh, Craig Smithers in Perth and uh, Orville Gibson. And I'm going to repost the uh, episodes that I did with, in an interview with uh, Orville Gibson because it's a fascinating uh, Anzac Day story in there. And I know the Anzac round is coming up here this next weekend. Just a, an absolutely treasure of a man. Uh, had a blast talking with him you know, when I was able to interview him, but I, I traded messages with him throughout the Cats-Hawks game last night as well as one of the other ones this weekend. But we got talking about this and just how screwed up this whole idea of, of players getting penalized 50-meter penalties for, for raising their arms. I, I'm sorry, you know, it's... Uh, what if you happen, and again, I, this is just a hypothetical here, but what if I'm in a situation here where I've got a, I've got a cramp in my shoulder or I've got, you know, I feel like maybe something popped loose in my shoulder. If I raise my arm up to, you know, I'm in the vicinity of an umpire, I'm going to get a 50 meter penalty called on me. I'm sorry, AFL, you need to do better on it than this. Okay. This is ridiculous. I, I get the stand mark. I get the stand rule, that sort of thing. Great. That's worked out pretty well. There were a couple, there've been a couple of instances where that has kind of gotten in the way of, of a quality game as well. But people have come to accept that. But this this crap that you're just deciding, oh, well, you know what? You got in my face. You questioned me. You challenged my authority. I'm sorry, but you know what? And I, I posted this, I think, on Twitter or on Facebook I, or somewhere that, <clears throat> yes, and I don't understand that there's this crisis about umpiring, but it's, it's like these umpires have, be some, have become so goddamn thin-skinned that if they get some some sort of an injury and you take them to hospital, you don't need to do an MRI. You don't need to do an X-ray on them. They're so so thin-skinned now. You just hold them up to the the neon light, or not the neon light, but the the fluorescent light above them in the uh, in the the uh, in examination room, and you can see the injury that way. They're so darn thin-skinned right now. This is ridiculous. And I, I just I. No, I'm not saying this because, oh my gosh, this cost the Cats a game last night. The Hawks the Hawks outplayed them. The Hawks played their asses off last night and the Cats were slow. I'll get into that here in a little bit. But I'm just really, really just... This is a disturbing trend that I'm seeing here in, in footy. And again, I love this game. I'm still going to tell people that I think this is the greatest game on the planet because I still think it is. I think this is asinine, however. In fact, you know what? It's beyond asinine. And this is a term that I use every once in a while. It's ass of 10. It's not even ass of nine. It's gone beyond nine. If you're a fan of the movie, this is Spinal Tap. That joke was kind of a little bit for you right there. Um, because this one, go, this ass of nine goes all the way to 10. So yeah, I'm just, I'm frustrated by it. You know, watching this, this beautiful game get bogged down by just people who are just 
they, they can't be questioned. They can't be challenged at all. That, you know, I, and I, there needs to be maybe more accountability on, on the part of the umpires then. If, that if the umpires get something wrong, that you know what? Maybe they should be called out as well. Maybe if the AFL is going to say to the umpires, you know what? Call this 50-meter penalty because they looked at you the wrong way. They, they, they raised your arms at you. Then maybe there needs to be the other side of this, this coin that maybe the AFL needs to point out on a regular basis after having gone back and watched the footage of the games, here's where the umpires screwed up a call. I don't know. Does that balance it out a little bit? I mean, everybody in this is involved in this is human, okay? Every, except for the, the, the thing that checks the, uh, the sound hitting the post and that sort of thing. But everybody involved in this is, is human. So it's mistakes are going to happen. People are going to have emotions in a game like this. And, and I think they're making a huge mistake if they're going to go ahead and actually continue doing this. Because like I said, I think that they are so thin-skinned that this is going to be a, a serious problem. Okay? Now, well, this weekend, it was a bit of a clunker. I mean, you had four of the games that were decided by 68, 63, 67, and 48 points. I think right about now, somebody should be hollering out bingo because they just got three of the numbers under the letter O in bingo right there. Yeah, I watched the first half of the Swans Eagles game on on Sunday afternoon. So uh, two afternoons ago, I watched it out, watched it mainly out of morbid curiosity. Yeah, I did not watch the entire game. I I got to tip my cap to the Swans because they they played so well. But it's 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 so disturbing to just see how how snake bit the Eagles are this year. And I and I don't know you know what is going on. Yes, there have been injuries. There's there's been all kinds of stuff happening. Nick Nat is out, but and I know every club has injuries, but Man, the Eagles have had everything go wrong this year that can go wrong. Yes, they had they had a, a, a win against the Magpies the week before. And again, I don't want to call it miraculous, but in light of what's going on in the first five rounds, I'm not sure what word would work better. Yeah, I really don't. I mean, the Swans they had a you know better to better to, than two to one margin on inside fifties, and they were they were ruthlessly efficient in the first half. And ultimately, you know that you know they. Uh, you know, they half the Swans, you know, on the club that played kick goals. I mean, they had I think twelve players kick goals in the game. It's just a phenomenal performance on their part. Okay, you know, so, and again, it, I hope the Eagles get things cleared up. I hope things, you know, that that everybody gets back healthy, that the whole COVID protocol stuff gets resolved, so they can get their best twenty-two out there, whoever they may be. And again, the Cats, the Eagles. Port Adelaide, our clubs at P- and Richmond, our clubs that people keep talking about as being a little long in the tooth. Now, of course, the Cats are the ones that uh, that that always catch the wrath of that because they seem to actively go out and recruit uh, players and such. I saw somebody post a uh, little video clip of a, a, a look. I believe it was a Japanese gentleman that was that was perf- uh, involved in like a senior Olympics. It was a 102 year old man that was running the. 100 meter dash and somebody joked that the uh the cats are scouting him to put him on the uh, rookie list for next year um but i i I hope the eagles get things squared away i mean that maybe this is a a great year for them to kind of hit reset and you know get it you know get that young top of the draft player in there to help to to precipitate the 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 rebirth of this club because you know they are a little bit on the uh the older side like the cats are like Port Adelaide is in many ways, like Richmond happens to be. Um, but, 
you know, it's not, it's not a thing of being fair or unfair, but it's like they're walking underneath a black cloud and anything that can go wrong has gone wrong for West coast this year. Okay. Now we move on to the D's and giants game and you know, the D's, uh, the, the D's beat the giants 62 to 53 this round. Oh, that's not the score that you guys saw. That's right. They, they had to play the other three quarters as well. That was just the third. That was, that was the giants total score and the D's third quarter score. Um, the D's had to play another three quarters as well and tacked on another 58 points, you know, and this club, yeah, and I'll, I'll admit it here. And I think D's fans, you would probably admit this as well. They played a bit of a clunker against Port Adelaide. They played down to their level of competition against Port the previous week. And yeah, they held them off the scoreboard, but they didn't exactly light it up themselves either. Okay. Yes, they did manage to win by five goals, but it could have been so, so much more. Now, you know, I hate to say it, and I and I know that you know people mention it all the time, and it makes sense. And it's you know you don't win the world baseball World Series, you don't win the Super Bowl, you don't win the Grand Final in April, you don't win it you know a quarter of the way through the season. But I have to ask, what flaws does Melbourne have? Where's the weakness in this side? I'm I'm not sure if there is one. I'm not sure if there is one. I mean, and if they if they stay stay healthy. They have got to be a presumptive favorite to be playing in the grand final. I'm not going to say that they're going to win it, but good grief if they keep playing the way they are playing. How could you not say that this is going to be their chance to, you know, to, to go back to back? I mean, this has just been, you know, it's. I mentioned ruthless efficiency with Sydney before. Well, this club is certainly doing that same thing as well, you know. Bailey Fritch kicked four. Kaiseya Pickett backed him up with three goals apiece. And again, like I said, if you're a D supporter, you've got to be thinking very positive thoughts. I would think you would. And 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 you should be because your club is playing pretty damn good football right now. And you've got to just be tickled pink about that. Okay, you've got to be tickled pink about that. And Katrina Oxley, get well. Get out of uh, your, your, your lockdown there. Hope you feel better soon. Big D supporter there. So, you know, the, the, the game of the round thus far, when I was jotting down my notes, was, was the first game of the week. And that was the, you know, when the Lions, you know, they, they held on uh, to get a, a hard-fought uh, seven-point win against the, against the Magpies. You know, the Pies tried to replicate what the Cats had done to them in the previous round, getting it within seven points, but it wasn't quite enough. And... Uh, you know, Zach Bailey, Joe Danaher combined for seven goals. Jordan Degoe kicked four goals, one for the Pies. You know, I think it's a distinct possibility that the uh, that the uh, the Pies maybe could have pulled off an upset. You know, had they had the uh, the mad marking machine Brody Majacek in the game and not out with you know with COVID health and safety protocols. I love watching Mason Cox play, but he really struggled marking the ball. And, you know, I don't know what is going on uh, with regards to his his safety glasses that he's wearing. I'm not sure if he's having a hard time picking up the ball, depending upon the time of day. But uh, it's, uh, you know, I wish him well. And there's been a lot of uh, vitriol directed at him um, that uh, that. I don't know if you say it's warranted or not. Maybe by his performance you say that, but it, again, we're all talking human beings here, okay? We're all talking human beings. Now, I uh, 
I made two bold picks this week, two upset picks this week, and neither one of them were correct. But hey, I did it. I'm facing up to it. You know, um, I tipped the ruse to knock off the Bulldogs. Okay. I was impressed by the ruse fight the previous week against Sydney because that's what I thought would happen after they just fell apart in Brisbane. And uh, I was concerned about the Bulldogs' ability to actually kick the ball where they wanted to go because they hadn't done it the previous couple of rounds. It had been pretty, pretty ugly performance on their part. You know, I blew this one badly. Okay. Nick Larkey kicked four goals for the Ruse, but the Bulldogs, Cody Waitman, Aaron Naughton both kicked five apiece. They had 130 more disposals than the Ruse, which doesn't always mean anything. They moved the ball around a lot more. You know, the Ruse had two quarters of five goals, but while the, uh, the Bulldogs kicked 11 behinds, they were able to kick 14 goals through the big sticks there, you know, and, uh, this is what people have expected from the Bulldogs. I mean, I I tipped the Bulldogs to play in the grand final. And if they play this way, Josh Bruce comes back in later in the season, they, they, they certainly could be there. We could see a repeat of the of the 2021 grand final. They're going to have to continue to do this. They're going to have to continue to kick the ball the way that they kicked it this round. Um, it's going to be very important for them to continue doing this, especially going into this next round, having that that confidence that, that they can do this. Um, it's just a... Uh, this is too good of a club to be mired as low as they have been on the ladder. And I guess you can make that same argument about Port Adelaide and, and quite frankly, on paper, West Coast, where they are right now as well. But, you know, it's you are what your record is. And, uh, you know, I, I Port Adelaide can't, get, can't wait to get out and play again in round six, regardless of what happens. Well... Actually, you know, that, that 0-5 photograph of Ken Hinckley is living in infamy this week. You know, the you know the, the 0 and 5 where he's holding the hands up. Somebody that's that's good at Photoshop, if if Port Adelaide loses this week and they play West Coast this week, so something's gotta give here. Uh if Port Adelaide loses this week, I'm gonna predict it right now. There's somebody out there that is really, really good with Photoshop. That's going to help Ken Hinckley grow a sixth finger. Okay. And until they win a game, Ken Hinckley's going to keep growing fingers on that left hand. And, 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 and if they don't, if they don't win a game, it's going to, I don't know Photoshop here, so I, I'm not going to go out and try to do this myself. So please, if you do this and you hear this, go ahead and credit me for this. Cause this is, this is a, a great idea I'm tossing out here to you. So if you're great at Photoshop and, and let's say Port Adelaide does not win this week, they're going to grow. He's going to grow that sixth finger. And if they lose the next round, a seventh finger, and eventually he might have a whole handful of fingers going all the way around his, his, his fist looking like the, uh, those big feathers on a peacock. Now, if you're a Port Adelaide supporter, I, I, I hope that doesn't happen, but, Somebody's going to be creative and do something like that. Okay. Now, the Saints, they rattled off their fourth win in a row. They put Gold Coast away. I, I, I'd said last week I thought this was going to be the game of the round. Um, you know, they pulled away in the second half. You know, Crouch, Steele, Sebastian Ross, Jackson, Clear all had 27 disposals apiece. All had 27. Jack Higgins kicked uh, five goals. Max King, three goals, two. You know, the Suns, they scored... Infrequently, of course, because they lost by three and a half goals, I believe it was. You know, they they struggled to you know to score a goal 
when they got the ball inside 50. It didn't happen very often. And, and again, this is a this is a side that's going to still have growing pains, but I'm not taking anything away from St. Kilda because St. Kilda played a phenomenal game. Okay, they played a great game against Gold Coast. And Gold Coast is not a club that anybody can take lightly right now. Okay, this is not a club that anybody should be taking lightly because there's a lot of talent on this side. Jared Witts is turning into a pretty darn good ruck. The midfield is still really, really good, I think. They missed Jack Lacocious this past week. Um, would he have made the difference up forward? Maybe, maybe not. Would Ben King have been, made the difference? It would have been great to see the King brothers face off against one another in this game. But it didn't happen. Now, moving on to what turned out to be a really, really good game between Adelaide and Richmond. And, I, you know, I've got to say, I, uh, I did see... You know, I like to poke fun at Richmond supporters and 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 demo for complaining about having to play a home game at uh, at Marvel Stadium. Oh, the, the audacity of that happening! I'm a cat supporter. We're not playing our second game at GMBHA Stadium until round seven this year. So, yeah, Richmond, I don't want to hear it. Okay, I don't want to hear it. Um, which means I'm not going to get a Richmond supporter on next year when I do my preview episodes either, because now we've got even more of them pissed off at me. Uh, but I did see several photos and had some people share some with me of of the uh, the convoys of supporters who were making the, the trip from Melbourne to go to Adelaide to watch the Tigers play the Crows. I hope those people were fans who did show up for the home games at Marvel. Because if they were going to make it, if I'm not mistaken, if it's like a seven hour drive, if I'm not mistaken, if they weren't willing to make the seven or eight hour drive, whatever it is to get from Melbourne to Adelaide, if they're willing to do that, but not make the, uh, the, the five kilometer hike from punt road to Marvel stadium, there's not a lot of credibility there on my part. I mean, I, I again, if you went if you went to Adelaide to watch a game, I hope you had a fantastic time. I know the game didn't turn out the way you wanted, but just the optics of that I thought was rather funny. Yeah, they, it just it looked like people were really excited to be going to Adelaide to watch the game. Um, didn't get again, didn't get the result they wanted though. Uh, you know, the Crows are playing some really interesting footy right now, and this is a club that's that's uh, that's growing up right before our eyes, and you know. I know everybody has their, their different thoughts and feelings about Tex being back on the side, but, you know, this is a club that could cause some havoc for teams going forward here. You know, the Tigers, they just looked out of sync. And, you know, and I got to wonder, you know, how much is this of not having Dustin Martin just being the wrecking ball that he is in the midfield? You know, the, the, you know, the Crows, they scored a goal 30% of the time they got the ball inside 50. The Tigers were under 20%. Uh, and I have to ask, was this a bellwether game for both of these clubs? Was this, was this a game that is letting us know that Adelaide has arrived or re-arrived, I should say, because uh, just in 2017, they were in the grand final or, and is this an indication that, that maybe the Tigers are going to begin to fall off? I don't know the answer to either of those. I'm really curious to see what happens though. Okay. I'm really curious to see what happens with this though, because you know, Adelaide is a good young side. It's it's a it's a fun team to to want to see do well. And again, I'm again I'm a cat supporter. You know I, uh, but they've got some very you know some very interesting young talent on that club. 
and I think that they could they could seriously make some noise here. Now, as you know, I mentioned that I had two club, two games that I picked that I tipped upsets for. One of them being the North Melbourne game, the second one being Port Adelaide beating Carlton. Now, I just had a hunch that the best thing for Port Adelaide was to get out of South Australia and go on a little bit of a road trip of their own and get to just kind of come together as this little cohesive unit of, you know, the, the, the players that they're going to be bringing to, to the MCG, the coaching staff, the trainers, the, the doctors, the support staff for the club, that they're going to come to the MCG, just them, and not have to play the game under the the ire, if you will, of their disappointed fans, their disappointed supporters there. So they got they got away a little bit. Now, you know, you look at the first half of that game, and there were a lot of parallels between that that first half and Sydney and West Coast. They were down 49 points at the half. You know, like I said, very similar situation to uh, to the Eagles and the Crows there. You know, Charlie Kernow kicked five, Harry Mackay kicked three, and uh, Walsh, Hewitt, and Chera each had uh, at least 32 disposals. But here's the thing. The outcome was a lot different, though, because Port Adelaide absolutely battled back. I mean, they closed the gap, you know, you know, exploded for six goals, uh, four to one goal, two in the third. They got the game back under three goals, and then they outscored the Blues by 14 in the fourth. It came up just short. Lost this by three points, if I'm not mistaken. So, yes, they're now 0-5. And it would have been nice to get those four points, but was this a bit of a redemption arc, if you will, a moral victory, if you will, for, for Port Adelaide, that they that they almost got the chocolates in this one, if you will? Um, I don't know. You know, it's I, having being a fan of, of a team that, that lost good grief, like 26 games in a row, the Cleveland Browns, maybe even more than that before they actually won a game. Um, it's, it's a, uh, it's, it's a hard thing to deal with as a supporter, knowing that your club is just getting throttled week in and week out. And, and, and I think, you know what, I, I think it's safe to say, and I think most of you who are, you know, who are honest footy fans would say that, you know, Port Adelaide is much better than an 0 and 5 side. That this is a better club than what their their spot on the ladder shows. Now it is what they are. But I think they're a better side than what they've shown. Now, I, you know, I got to think that maybe the best story this year, you know, the D's are just continuing their juggernaut. But the Dockers are are doing to footy fans what Justin Bieber did to teen pop music fans 10, 15 years ago. They're turning us into a believer. Okay, I'm not going to sing the, the Beatles song, you know, the, the, the I'm a you-know-what, so, but I'm beginning to become one of those. Um, you know, it was a slow start to the matchup with the Bombers. And, that, of course, that didn't last long, though. You, you, you had four Dockers that kicked, you know, two goals apiece. You know, Matthew Taberner exploded for the biggest bag of goals the weekend with seven. Seven goals straight, if I'm not mistaken. Um, or seven clear. This is a fun side to watch. Yeah, I, I'd like to think it's all because of Jordan Clark being there now as a Cat supporter, but uh, I know that's not the case. He played pretty well this weekend. But uh, 
this is a club that puts a ton of pressure on the other on the other team when they have the ball in their hand when they're on offense and this is something they haven't always done okay um you know i've said it for the last couple of years and i know i'm not alone in saying this but this is a club that i've said and you can go back and find old episodes that that have said that if this club could figure out how to kick two more goals a game they could be a top four side they could be contending for a top four side and well we're seeing it right now okay we're seeing it right now they could be pretty darn special and you know maybe we're seeing that happening right now you know Frio, they exploded exploded in the third quarter 39 to 2 and then they extended the their 40 point lead going into the fourth quarter and this is a great win for them they went on the road they beat you know a a a quality club to get that are again like Port Adelaide and West Coast not where we thought they would be on the ladder this year okay and Got to get to the last game of the round. Have to talk about it. Don't want to talk about it, but I'm going to talk about it. I watched it live. It ended at 4 o'clock in the morning here. And I was up for every moment of it, of it except for maybe three or four minutes of halftime. I think I dozed off. I saw the Wreck-It Ralph section. I think I dozed off right before the the, the, the bounce happened in the uh, to start the second half. And, and speaking of bounces, you go back and you watch the, the, the this game again. And we want to, we want to talk about the umpires being held to, you know, wanting the players held to a higher standard by the umpires. I'm sorry, you go back and watch those first four or five center bounces of this game. Every single one of them was heading in the in the uh, Hawthorne direction. I mean, this umpire should have just taken the ball and just thrown it into their forward fifty because it was getting a head start anyway. Is this a bit? Is this a slightly bitter Geelong fan here about the you know complaining about this? A little bit, but you know what? If you're going to expect the players to live up to a certain standard, then damn it, you should be living up to a certain standard as well. If you can't bounce the ball the way it needs to be bounced, just throw it up. And finally, something you know, the the umpires started to do that because evidently they were really struggling to bounce the ball for the center bounce. Just throw it up in the air. Face the facts. Realize you're lousy at it. Now, again, I can't do it. I'm not trying to be an umpire. I don't look good in neon. But if you're gonna if you're gonna go ahead and 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 hold players accountable for their actions, you know what? You need to be called out on yours. And whoever that umpire was that started out there that that bounced the first four or five of them well to the uh, the Hawthorne side of the circle and almost out of the circle, quite frankly, then you need to be called on that on that as well. Now, you know. This was a, you know, this was a long day for me yesterday. I'd gotten up at six o'clock the previous morning. So I was up for 22 hours before I went to sleep. And it wasn't 22 hours in one minute because as soon as the game was done, the couple people I was chatting with, I said, good night, I'm out of here. Closed up the computer, shut the game off. And I was probably asleep within 60 seconds. Not sure how well I slept, but I got about four hours sleep then. And uh, getting ready to hop on the road here myself in about eight hours or 10 hours myself. So, um, you know, the cats, they had seven, they had seven players at 20 plus disposals and their forward line did what they're supposed to do. Tyson Stengel, Jeremy Cameron, Tom Hawkins, three goals apiece. That's what they're supposed to do. They were matched by Dylan Moore, Mitchell Lewis, and Jack Gunston kicking, combining for 10. Okay. Um, but I got to tell you, besides you know, those three up in the forward line getting those goals, I, I thought that the uh, the Cats, they looked very pedestrian. They looked sluggish as hell last night. 
they looked pretty much out of sync, in my opinion. Uh, and it, I know it's one game out of 22. They're still sitting in the eight. They're in the seventh spot right now, ahead of Hawthorne, interestingly enough. Um, but Hawthorne, they looked quicker. They looked more energetic, and they did a great job closing out the game. Okay? Um, you know, you look at the... Uh, yeah, I was wondering. You look at this this game here, and I was wondering if whether or not the uh, you know since the Bulldogs had kicked their their had fixed their kicking woes uh, this weekend, I was I didn't know if maybe I'd missed a news story that the Cats had gone ahead and uh, had borrowed the the Bulldogs you know kicking coach for this game because again you know you you know eleven goals fourteen is not a huge disparity, but that's an awful lot of behinds there, and and when you're playing a good side like Hawthorne. And they are getting to be a good side. You can't afford to do that sort of thing. You need to put a few more between the big sticks, okay? And then again, this was a lot like the the Crows and uh, Tigers matchup. The Hawks, you know, scored a goal thirty percent of the time. They got the ball inside fifty, and the Cats were just barely twenty percent, twenty point four percent. So that's got to be better. They, you know, they, they turn the ball away far too often. So the, the, the Cats, they've really got a taste of their own medicine in terms of what they had done the previous round or a couple weeks ago against the Magpies. Um, I can't do anything more than, than tip my cap to Hawthorne. It's a great win for them. They closed it out. They did what they needed to do to get a win. Um, you know, Cats, they get to head out of town again. They, they, they get to head out down to Tasmania this weekend, if I'm not mistaken, to face off against the Ruse. Um they're gonna have to. They're gonna have to perform better than they did. You know, should they beat the Ruse this week? Yeah, I think they should absolutely. But uh, the way they're the way they've been playing, I, I don't know if that's gonna happen. I sure hope it does though. So, folks, there's my look back at uh, at round five and uh, a little bit of a rant or two or six. Again, you know, um, th- this whole umpiring thing has just got me for lack of better terminology, just a little pissed off. Because I, I just, it's, I don't know. Maybe maybe they're, uh, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and hold on to that thought because I don't want to start um, tossing out ideas there without having thought them through. But uh, there's got to be a better way to deal with this, okay? If one of the athletes out there cannot question a decision that you've made, Then, then I I think that the, that the comps in trouble, and I think it's going to drive away supporters who are already frustrated with some of the changes that they don't like. Not everybody's a big fan of the stand rule. Not you know, you know the uh, and a number of other things that that are going on. Whether it be the you know the the substitute or, or the number of uh, rotations, you know, whatever issue it happens to be, there's there's something that's got somebody a little miffed, if you will. I think that this, they could be opening up a significantly large can of worms that could cause some serious problems uh, for the game. And like I said, and, and drive supporters and their dollars away from the game. And that's something that after two years of, of playing through COVID and, and limited attendance and looking to growing the game in terms of bringing in, you know, there's another side or two. I don't think the comp can afford to have that happen. So I, I really think they need to rethink this whole idea in terms of what's going on with regards to these 50-meter penalties that are getting, you know, tossed around just willy-nilly. It's, it's I don't know. 
but I'm, I'm done ranting about that, if you will, okay? So, folks, I do invite you to uh, check out the uh, the podcast Buy Me a Coffee page if you want to help out the podcast, uh, along with the storefront, uh, which is on Redbubble. Both of those you can find at my website, yankonthefooty.com. And if you want to help out the show, it's a great way to do it. If you like what, the, what I'm doing with the show, folks, please consider taking a moment and uh, leaving a review over on my website. There's a link up at the top that'll take you directly to Apple Podcasts or Spotify, so you can leave a review there. Or you can leave one right on the website, which then allows me to share that out on my socials, hopefully uh, encourage more uh, supporters of the game to come check it out. It'd be a huge help. Also, if you want to get on the uh, mailing list, go ahead and uh, head over there and click on the uh, the mailing list button there. It'll be on the right-hand side. Get you added on there so when a new episode comes out, it's in your mailing box. It's in your email box right after it's available then. Okay, folks? And if you're interested in being a guest, and I've got a couple I need to dig through here, um, please fill out the register as a guest form, uh, the guest intake form. And I'd love to sit down and talk with you. Remember, you can uh, find me by email at yankonthefootyatgmail.com, on Twitter at yank underscore on, and on Instagram at a yank on the footy and on Facebook at a yank on the footy, all one word, a yank on the footy podcast. If you search that out, okay, that's back up and running now. Uh, folks, I do hope that you will share this episode with your friends and family. If you like the show, like I said, I do hope you'll consider leaving a review. It's a huge help. Uh, be kind to umpires. Okay. They're people too. I don't dislike umpires. I just, I kind of dislike what's going on right now with regards to what they're being told to do. Okay. It's almost like now it's the, I'm just following orders kind of thing. And that's, that doesn't fly as far as I'm concerned. Okay. But treat each other decently. If you're having a conversation, don't be afraid to raise your arms up a little bit. If you're unsure about something. Okay. We've all seen that little Elmo gif where he just kind of goes, eh, screw it. Raise my arms up in the air. Uh like I said, be decent to one another, um, reach out to your friends. And, uh, as always, ladies and gentlemen, and we actually saw this happen with Jeremy Cameron yesterday. Uh, that was an interesting first goal of his may your dribble kick never hit the post. I will catch you later. And this has been episode 159 of A Yank on the Footy. Don't forget that you can reach me at yank underscore on or at yankonthefooty at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram at a yank on the footy or on Facebook at a yank on the footy podcast. And folks, thanks for listening and please consider sharing the episode with your friends and family. And until next time, this is Craig Wessels. Goodbye. <laughs>